Hi, everybody. Welcome to Colorado Inside Out. I'm your host, Dominic Dizzuti. Thank you so much for joining us for this very historic episode. This is our very first Colorado Inside Out video conference call edition. It is something a little bit different, a little bit wonky in some places, but we are doing our best, just like all of you. So we're excited to be able to share this very historic moment with all of you. Thank you for hanging with us and uh, understanding the different things we're doing to try to get some sort of program to you updated with all the great analysis you can on. Uh, I think the best way for us to start is a quick take to go around to actually talk to each of our folks and find out where they are uh, calling in from. Patty Calhoun from Westward, let's start with you. Well, mine is the least glamorous. I'm actually in our temporary office where I apparently am living right now at the grid, 445 Broadway. Come get your copy of The Best of Denver. You heard it here first, folks. Patty is being able to uh, work from her office and all of her team, uh, well, just the skeleton part of her team. Making they're not here. Oh, they're not here. It's just Patty. So uh, let's get to our next panelist. Now, it's going to look a little bit different because we've been trying the video side of things, but at least we have audio. David Copel, let us know where you are calling from. I am calling from the driveway of my home in Boulder because uh, in my neighborhood, the uh, internet's, uh, the landline connection is having some problems. Um, my wife and I were on vacation for a couple of weeks and we got back recently. And I'm just wondering if there's been any major news uh, recently. Uh, really, David, not much. It's been a, a boring couple of weeks. Uh, I think I think RTD board of directors had a meeting. Uh, we might be able to talk <laughs> about that. But other than that, not much. <laughs> Let's go to our next uh, panelist Eric Sondman, political analyst and weekly columnist with uh, our friends at Colorado Politics. Where are you calling from? I'm coming to you from uh, our small place near Tabernash, Colorado in beautiful Graham County. We're fortunate to have a place up here. Social distancing is much easier, we shall say. And uh, the sky was beautiful sunshine an hour ago and there's a storm definitely coming in now. A, a storm coming in right now is a really good theme for what we're doing here. And finally, rounding out the panel articles that are fitted to eating Natasha Gardner uh, from a safe place as well. Natasha, let us know where you're calling from. Hi, I'm calling from my home office in Denver, which used to be exclusively my territory, but has also become a homeschool center for my son as well. <laughs> well, everyone's kind of into the multitasking right now. Let's get right to it. Governor Polis declared a state of emergency in response to the COVID-19 crisis on March 11th, and by March 25th, he issued a statewide stay-at-home order throughout the month. Polis has led the state's response to the virus, beginning with the first drive-through testing center in the nation. Patty, let's start with you. We'll probably need to go a couple rounds on this. I mean, it is the story. Uh, let's start with Governor Polis, how he's responded, the reaction to his response. What is your first take? I've been pretty impressed with what Governor Polis has done. He has done it in degrees as he gets data. He says he's a very data-driven governor. So he came up with solutions to try to keep some businesses going. We have restaurants that can still do to-go and delivery and liquor. I don't know if that means as much to the rest of you, but it means a lot to the bottom line of those restaurants trying desperately to keep people employed. Uh, he didn't really go to that whole stay-at-home order that was issued March 25th until the reports came back about how many Coloradans weren't just flocking to liquor stores and grocery stores, but were like cramming into each other in parks and in the great outdoors, something Hancock also mentioned too. And in some ways, that's been one of the reasons we all have to stay at home because people couldn't behave themselves out in the, out in the wilderness. I had the privilege of talking to Dick Lamb this week, which was really interesting because remember his whole duty to die issue when he was talking about 
scarce medical resources? Well, let us hope that we are not all talking about the scarce medical resources another week or so down the line here in Colorado the way they are in Italy. Here, here. Uh, David, I know you've been uh, out and about, but uh, even uh, I know you're also your research to keep up with stuff. What, what's been your reaction from what you'd be able to catch up on with uh, Governor Polis and the state reaction? We'll get to more local things next, but what do you, what do you, how do you feel about the state reaction to what we've seen? Well, I, I think the good thing is that Governor Polis is not by nature a control freak. And unlike some folks in, in Washington, he isn't using this crisis as a pretext to ram through some other unrelated agenda. And so the, the first thing that we, we have to do to end this crisis and get the life and, and liberty and the economy back to normal is to slow the spread of the disease. It's the CCP virus, the virus that was caused by the Chinese Communist Party. And it's, an, it's a foreign invader, and if we don't defeat it, it can overwhelm and destroy our healthcare system like, like is happening in Italy when there's very hardcore triage going on and people over 60 or with a pre-existing condition, they just, there's not, they can't be, they have to die uh, is where they're at. Um, but we also have to recognize that uh, wealth promotes health. And if we have 20% or worse unemployment, that leads to all kinds of terrible health outcomes, um, among other things, as is the uh, science is well documented. And I would commend Governor Polis for having the same policy as Democratic governors like Pritzker of Illinois or Wolf in Pennsylvania, who recognize that firearm stores are critical retail. Um, as our Colorado Constitution states, all Coloradans, whether or not they're citizens, uh, have the right to arms for defense of home, person, and property. Well, uh, Eric, let's get to you. As you've seen uh, Governor Polis's reaction, uh, what he's done as a state, and kind of the step-by-step. It was not an immediate stay-at-home order, uh, but uh, he eventually got to it. Uh, what are your feelings from what we've seen these last couple of weeks? Well, I think I commented in a, a column a few days ago, Dominic, that just as Bill Owens, who had been governor three months when Columbine happened, Bill Owens became the governor on the day of Columbine, and Jared Polis has certainly, even though he's been in office uh, over a year now, has become the governor in every sense of the word over the last couple of weeks. He's been resolute, he's been calm, but he's been clearly, clearly in control. I agree with Patty's comment, uh, or maybe it was David's, I'm sorry, about being data-driven. Um, I think there is a definite contrast between how many governors, and David listed a few of them, obviously Andrew Cuomo in New York is the one getting all the press, but Governor Murphy in New Jersey, Republican Governor DeWine in Ohio, and others. There's such a contrast between how governors are handling this in a much more even way versus what is so often coming out of Washington, which feels like a, a yo-yo out of the White House. Uh, so Polis gets up. Uh, High, high marks so far. No one wants to be in his shoes. I don't envy him, but he wanted the job, and uh, he's doing a, doing a heck of a job at the moment. Natasha, we've seen a lot of, I mean, it's hard to avoid any of the national stories, and, and frankly, we are because we're Colorado inside out, and there's been plenty to talk about locally, but there's been a lot of folks who draw how they, what affects their life from what's going to happen in their state borders. So Governor Polis and the actions he's taken along with other state agencies have been what affects our lives, that you can have your opinion about what's going on nationally, but the governor's going to say something that affects me. How do you feel that has been resonating with the state and how that's gone through the last couple of weeks? 
I, I think one of the key pieces here is this is obviously a global pandemic. This is this is touching every person's lives who lives on this planet. But interestingly, the way we're experiencing it is on such a personal level. We're experiencing it locally. We're experiencing it in our homes, with our families. Um, and, and even that is from six feet away. So this is one of those moments where the this global, global issue is just so personal. Um, and the way that we respond to it is, is so personal. Uh, on the local side of that, with, with Polis's reactions, and I think what we've seen with other municipalities around the state is how diverse a state is. So yes, we have, you know, the boundaries that make Colorado what it is, but what what someone's experiencing in the southeast corner of the state is so different than what somebody is experiencing in the metro. And uh, the people who are in leadership positions right now, like Jared Polis, have had to bridge those gaps to make decisions that can apply to communities that are truly very different, both in the number of cases that they're seeing, but their economies, um, the, the jobs that drive their day-to-day business. This is a situation where there is probably no right answers. And, and um, you know, I'm someone who, who spent a fair amount of my life playing cards. It's something we did a lot as kids. And, and I, you know, especially with Kenny Rogers passing this week, I keep on hearing the gambler playing in my head. Um, the, no one's been dealt a, a card hand that they want to play right now. Um, and Polis and, and his team and other leaders around the state are just really trying to make the best plays that they can on any given day. Let's get into our next topic and more about local reactions here uh, going on in in Colorado. Before Governor Polis issued a a statewide stay-at-home order, different communities were issuing their own. In response to a stay-at-home order from the Tri-County Health Department, top Republican legislators pushed for Adams, Arapaho, and Douglas County to fire the same health department. The Douglas County commissioners asked for their county to be exempt from the idea, uh, exempt from the uh, proposal of stay-at-home based on the idea that an elected official or elected body should be the only authority to issue such an order, but Tri-County did not allow the exemption. Meanwhile, we had issues with the mayor of Denver uh, going kind of back and forth with his stay-at-home order, and that based on the closure of liquor stores and marijuana stores. So a lot of different local issues come into play here. David, we're going to start with you. Uh, Your take on what we saw that was outside of just Governor Polis and other local entities making their calls. Well, as uh, Hillary Clinton once famously said, what difference at this point does it make? Uh, The governor's statewide order came the the day after the Douglas County order went into effect. But obviously, once this this whole thing is done, uh, has been suppressed, uh, I I think it will be appropriate to go back and look at the extreme uh, unilateral powers that have been delegated by elected officials uh, to others. The governor, at least, is a statewide elected official um, and is acting pursuant to his, uh, state statutes. But when you get down to the level of in a, a county, it's not even the county commissioners making the decision. Um, that, that seems uh, a bad policy in, in the long run, but it's certainly what the, the law is now. I think that the, the fastest way out of this is to win. And if you're a libertarian or a conservative or anybody else who wants our freedom back, then you should take the lead in defeating the invaders uh, from the communist Chinese Communist Party. You know, the, the Czech Republic flattened the growth of the CCP virus infections by universal adoption of face masks. So I suggest if you're out in public or at a gathering, wear a face mask. Skiers wear bandanas and they look stylish. You don't have to wear an N95 or a surgical mask 
anything like a scarf, a bandana, something you made from a t-shirt or a vacuum cleaner bag, which is actually quite effective, uh, will greatly reduce your exposure. And if you do get exposed and you cut the exposure by just 50%, that can really help your body win because it reduces the number of invaders. It gives your immune system a much better chance to act early and crush the invasion uh, before it, it starts really uh, harming your body. So you reduce the possibility you'll make yourself sick or anybody else sick. Be like the good people in Taiwan and Singapore and Japan. Wearing a face mask is pro-social. You don't get sick and you don't make other people sick. Well, I totally appreciate your, your, your comments, sir, uh, David. I do want to remind our audience are not medical professionals, do we, nor do we speak for medical professionals. If uh, I, I don't want to cause a, uh, a, a rush at a Walmart for vacuum bags or anything else. So uh, take all these comments as you would anything else from a political analysis program and not a sort of medical professional, but I understand your point about different countries handling uh, different ways. Uh, Eric, let's get to you about your reaction to other local entities reacting to this crisis and what they are saying uh, what they did and how the reaction turned out. Yeah, two things real quickly, Dominic. Uh, first of all, you know, David has played the China virus card now twice, although to be, to, to be fair, it's the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, I'm not sure at this point in time putting a moniker on this virus is necessarily where we ought to be focusing our time. My wife and I were in China almost exactly a year ago as we speak. We were in the city of Wuhan for a day exactly a year ago. I know what that landscape looks like. Everything you want to say about the Chinese Communist Party is true in terms of their moral and intellectual corruption, but putting a moniker on this I think is sort of a waste of time. In terms of the Douglas County, Tri-County Health issue, yes, I wish there had been better coordination with local officials. It's always better if an elected official is issuing such orders and such edicts. But at the end of the day, I'm slightly less worried about process at the moment. I'm slightly more worried about the social distancing and all of us doing our part here. I am more inclined to take advice from medical professionals, public health professionals, not just ones who, uh, people who play that role on television than I am from politicians. That is true whether we're talking about Anthony Fauci versus Donald Trump, and I think the same thing is true on a micro level in, in the Tri-County region. Natasha, as we look at, I mean, there's been issues on the statewide level, but then locally, I mean, it was kind of crazy to watch in real time. The order come down from the city of Denver saying that liquor stores and pot stores were going to close. And immediately what they were trying to avoid happens by crowds flooding the different liquor stores. And I don't know if it was within an hour or two, but it was pretty quick to see the order reversed. And I'm glad that happened. And I think hopefully that'll just be a humorous footnote that we talk about um, a years from now as that was just kind of funny. But it was weird to see that live and in person. That along with other reactions, what are your thoughts? Um, yes, well, just just very quickly, I would echo that the use of a moniker at this time seems inappropriate and just plain wrong. Um, but in addition, yes, wow. So 
Mayor Hancock comes out and makes this announcement, and Denverites um, flock outside to liquor stores, which maybe is an indication of our uh, dedication to to craft beer and wine. We'll put it that way. There there are more serious interpretations of that as well. Um, I, I think this is an example of there's no perfect way to put out these orders. We are in uncharted territory here, and there are ramifications that we're learning about every day as these orders pile up of, of what that means for different businesses. Kudos to local businesses businesses around Colorado, around Denver, who have learned to pivot, who are doing everything they can to survive right now. They are finding ways to safely interact and continue their businesses. So again, I just want to say applaud them for those efforts. Um, One thing that is really important is as we have had these orders pile up within different municipalities and across the state, there are a lot of questions of what it means and how enforceable it is. Um, At least as my understanding as of the time of the taping, the Colorado order sort of supersedes everything unless a municipality has gone um, deeper, if they have something that's more strict, in which case that rule is important. The, the short matter of this, as someone who spends a lot of time parsing through details and trying to figure out exactly what means what, I would just say to be very, very careful. Read the documents. If you have questions, ask questions to the appropriate authorities, and whenever you can, stay home. Patty, I'm not sure there's anyone who knows uh, right on the front lines how this is impacting the Denver economy, especially the things like restaurants, music venues, the pod industry, liquors, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Westward has always had its finger on the pulse there. Uh, what are your thoughts from what you've seen so far? So every time a new order comes down, we are trying to figure out as quickly as we can how it will affect our businesses, people in Denver. So on Sunday night, we were trying to determine if Polis had just ordered curbside for dispensaries, but they would be able to stay open. So we knew they could, but then when Hancock came out with his order on Monday, it looked like not only dispensaries would be closing in the city of Denver, but liquor stores, we couldn't quite tell how that would affect restaurants, which have been trying desperately to still offer services. Craft brewers were panicked. There was a lot of things, a lot of things we were trying to check out. And meanwhile, people were lining up across the street where there happens to be a liquor store. So it was a few really strange hours until there was clarification. Uh, people are trying as hard as they can to keep paying employees, to pe- keep being able to pay their own bills. It has been really tricky getting to the bottom of it. I have to defend Tri-County Health very quickly. I was at my mother's. She was in Arapahoe County. When they made a call in, as far as I could tell, to every single resident, they had four different doctors on. It was the best and most useful information, short of David's math discussion here that I have gotten in three weeks. It was really great. Tri-County did a good job. There's been plenty of non-COVID-19 stories in the news throughout the state this week. Governor Polis that signed the death penalty repeal into law and commuted the death sentences of all current prisoners on death row. Currently in question, though, is a death penalty trial currently going on for the person who shot and killed Adams County Deputy Heath Gum. Eric, when I come to you first, I think any other week, even though we know this was a foregone conclusion, we knew that Governor Post was going to sign this bill. It was not a surprise or controversial. But the end of the death penalty in Colorado and the fact that there still is a case up in the air uh, would make headline news be our topic one for this kind of a show. But it's relegated to the back page because of the situation. Your thoughts and where this might lead after, uh, I guess, as a conversation after this whole COVID-19 crisis has ebbed. 
Well, I'd start with if anyone doubted Governor Polis's political abilities, he certainly demonstrated how to take a very difficult issue and bury it, uh, because very few people are paying attention to that in the middle of this uh, in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, I've evolved my own thinking on the death penalty issue, and I am now where Governor Polis and many many Coloradans are. It is time to end this practice. The practice has, for all practical matters, not been exercised in, in over 20 years. Uh, the commutations were in order. These people are going to be in jail, as they should be for the rest of their lives, for heinous crimes. But the death penalty is no longer a practical, uh, a practical punishment in Colorado because it is not carried out. People can make their own moral judgments. I've come to the conclusion it's also not a moral penalty and good to say goodbye to it. And I'm not sure in terms of the case in Adams County, an incredibly heinous case with a deputy uh, losing his life. But that that person is also not going to be executed. So I not, don't know why we're going through this particular process. Natasha, let's go to you. Uh, with the kind of delay of the ending of this kind of conversation, do you think there's going to be more talk about this? or is simply the death penalty a finished issue in Colorado? I think many Coloradans would appreciate having a day where they might have time to sit and reflect on news like this, um, where a day where COVID isn't consuming all of our energy and all of our time. So perhaps, perhaps that'll happen. I know personally, this is a topic I have covered extensively during my career. And when the news came down this week, um, I sort of looked at my phone and then moved back to what I was doing. There wasn't time for me to do that. So I, I, I think that this is probably the most time I've spent thinking about it since that announcement came through. I do think that um, it was something that, that needed to happen. There were questions you know, about how government would continue during this time, what business would continue. Um, people have been waiting for this, um, for him. To, to put his signature on this. And, and so that needed to happen. I also think it's, it's very important to point out that yes, this does get rid of death row, the, the three individuals who were on death row. But in his, in his statements about those three individuals, he made it very clear that this was not um, any sort of indication that, that their crimes weren't awful and horrible crimes, um, that this is a reflection of the practice and the use of death penalty in Colorado rather than um, a statement on those individual cases. And I think that's important for Coloradans to remember. But, you know, chuck this up to one of the many stories that happened this week that I know I certainly haven't been able to cover in the way that I would have once um, and do hope that I will be able to return to covering in a more extensive way when we all have more headspace to think about something other than COVID-19. I think everybody's craving that more headspace, Natasha. Uh, uh, Patty, let's go to you. Is the death, is the whole idea of capital punishment, is the conversation over in Colorado? I think the conversation was really over a while ago because, as Eric pointed out, we have not, in effect, had the death penalty for almost three decades. No, people haven't been put to death. It's endless numbers of appeals and the expensive legal arguments when, in fact, these people who are currently on, were on death row, they're never going to get out. This will save money. This will certainly save heartache for a lot of people. And we did have victims' families come forward and say, let's just end it, keep them in jail forever. So we're going to see that. Dave, you get to wrap up this issue. Is, uh, is the idea in the whole conversation about capital punishment completed and over in Colorado? Well, uh, there were victims' families had diverse views. Uh, certainly, Senator Rhonda Fields uh, strongly disagreed with uh, Governor Polis giving a uh, 
a commutation of sentence to the uh, the criminal who murdered her son and the parents of Kendra Castillo, who was murdered at the uh, Douglas County School shooting. Um, likewise, uh, very strongly and fervently testified against it. Uh, you know, the reason we haven't had executions is because death penalty opponents have blocked them. Uh, we would have, we might have had some in Colorado under Governor Hickenlooper's term, but for his thwarting of the just sentence that should have been imposed on the most heinous of murderers. But in any case, now the legislature's had its chance to uh, do its, its morals legislation, and when they return, they should skip the the morals stuff and uh, focus on uh, the uh, response to the CCP virus. Well, with just about three minutes left in the show, let's get to our favorite part of the show, which is Disgrace of the Week. As always, even video conference call edition, Ms. Calhoun, you start us off. Well, and another story that would have been big news just any other day, the DIA decision on the grant, the terminal, the great terminal, Peruvial Great Hall project, we are now have a, we have a solution on the tens of millions of dollars they will be paid for screwing up the job while the city of Denver was not watching them screw up the job. Now maybe with a lot of time and time and not much traffic at DIA, we'll be able to get that project back on track. David. If at this point you're not washing your hands for 20 seconds properly and covering all your hands, you're a disgrace. It's a major way the disease spreads. Wash your hands when you return to home from outside. Wash your hands when you return to your workplace, if you're lucky enough to still have one uh, from outside. And uh, also wash the times all your mother that your mother told you to, because one of the ways the uh, virus leaves the body is by the southern land route. Eric. There's so many possibilities this week, Dominic. Uh, let me go with Congressman Ken Buck of Colorado, who has decided to really identify with sort of the wacky wing of his party uh, to try to out-Trump Donald Trump, underestimating the consequence uh, and the risk here of, of this pandemic, voting against a early package back in early March, uh, I believe it was an $8 billion, which is just small change compared to what Congress is now in the process of passing. It would not surprise me if he also votes against this huge stimulus package. Uh, he's also the leader of the Colorado Republican Party. If that's the ticket that for to get the Colorado Republican Party back in play, I'm not sure it's the ticket. And Natasha? Um, racism in, in this time of great need in our country and our world is, is as inappropriate as it ever is. Um, but in addition, people, we're hearing more and more about scams that are happening, particularly in digital environments. Um, of course, that's going to happen. I wish it didn't on a normal day, but at this time when people are already so stressed out, it's just, it's a shame. Time to see something nice about somebody. Bumper sticker edition, one minute left. Patty. All the people who are stepping up and helping others in this time of need. David. Like Patty said, including America's truckers, they're working really hard right now, and they're the backbone of supplies being delivered around the country. So if you see a trucker, thank one. You're here. Natasha, uh, excuse me, Eric. You're here to that. Three people by name who made this show possible, going the extra distance so that we could be on under unusual circumstances. You, Dominic Pizzuti, Katie Dunn, producer, Steven Zinn, who's made this thing work technically. Thank you to all of you. I will echo that and thank you those kind words. Natasha. I'll finish up with our viewers. Thank you for putting up with us in this absolutely new format, for caring about your community every week that you join in. We appreciate you.
Uh, Natasha, a wonderful way to end the show. I want to echo that. It's wonderful to hear from so many people saying, where is Colorado Inside Out at? We are grateful that you're watching, and we hope you enjoy this video conference call edition. That is all the time we have for this, uh, this very special edition of Colorado Inside Out. For everybody here at PBS 12, I'm Dominic Dizzuti. Thank you so much for watching. Good night.